0: Big Show Hour 4, Patty DeMa, TVP, Ben Kotchuk as well, intern Ben. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, wet basement. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Go back down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline, 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403 248 33-44, and we are joined by Cavalry FC's head coach, general manager, Tommy Wielden, Jr. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Tommy. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, not a problem. Uh, a little bit of kicker here to start things off. I don't know if you heard this story, but uh, Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel thinks it would take at least 35 five-year-olds to bring down his running back, Derek Henry, who's 6'3", 250 pounds. He's a big dude. How many five-year-olds do you think it would stop would it have to take to stop Gote and and Ali Musi from scoring a goal if they had to start from their own goal line?
1: <laughs> First off, wh- like, where did that comparison or analogy come from? I, like, what, I what don't know.
0: Somebody know. asked him a question in, train, in, in training in oh, training camps, like, know. how many how many kids do you think could tackle Derrick Henry? And he's like, oh, I don't know, thirty five, I think maybe. But yeah, okay. just kind of just like how many? We just kind of had the conversation yeah. all morning. How many kids could take out us? In like a ten yard area, how many would it have to take? I'm just like, okay, and playing it to the and, soccer thing.
1: Yeah, and what what scenario would you have to create to go through that? And what would uh, be the well?
0: Of- I don't know. There's <laughs> a, v- a
1: bunch of five year olds in there against the biggest run. Back. Right, I, I don't know. I don't know. Few, I, few it, safety concerns ever. Exactly. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't know if you saw the video, but it was like in 2018. Uh, I guess there's like a hundred. Uh, kids in Japan that tried to stop three yeah. members of the Japanese national team yeah. and they couldn't do it. So I'm just wondering how many kids would could yeah. try and stop Intigni and Musi from scoring yeah. a goal.
1: I, I wouldn't dare try em because I think
0: they're that fast
1: and clumsy <laughs> that they might hurt one of the kids. So I
0: think... <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not. Yeah, I'd probably a someone to be honest. But... <laughs> yeah, they're probably, probably at least two hundred. I would okay. think. At least 200, maybe. Uh, well, okay, we'll start it here. Uh, obviously getting ready for Forge on Friday. Uh, but, you know, last week you fell 1-0 to uh, Atletico Ottawa. You had your chances, but, you know, just couldn't get by them. You know, you had a you had a crossbar, had a couple of good shots. But, obviously, it was an amazing month of July, just outside of the two Ottawa games, really.
1: Yeah, it was a, a frustrating team to play against, yeah. to, to be honest, because if they score first, they are very, very disciplined and good at just shutting up shop they don't care about the football they just care about mm-hmm. taking away space and you know that's something we've been talking with our attackers you know our defenders we, we've got to stay focused from minute one to minute night one and our attackers then you know have to have the responsibility of trying to find a goal against them uh, fortunately we've got another crack at it on September 2nd you know last year they took ten points off us this year mm-hmm. they've taken six and we've taken three back so we've got an opportunity to split that series but other than that I think July has been phenomenal we went to the then first place team uh, Pacific, uh, took points of them away from home. You know, we've got Forge coming into our house mm-hmm. on uh, Friday, which I think is always a cracking game. I think this time last year, we beat them 2-1 in injury time. Um, these are the games you relish. I know that our fans love them. I know our players rise to the challenge, and this is what we want to be in. I think it's probably the tightest league title race uh, we've seen in yeah. the last five years. Um, and we're happy to put our names in the hat, and I think we're on our day. We can beat anyone, but yeah, we had a good month of July. We're now in the conversation where I think at first there was a few doubters, and um, I think we're showing the quality that we've got that we can uh, compete with the
0: best. Well, I'm glad you mentioned just the the tightness in the table overall, like five points separating York to Pacific. You guys are two points back, just and like, like you said, this is you've never seen this happen in the league really in the five years. It's never been this close this late in the season.
1: No, it hasn't. And I think the league is getting better. Yeah. I think the coaching and, 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 and the organization you see in teams with two different formations in possession of the ball, you're seeing different pressing structures. Um there's a lot more tactical nuances. I think everybody's maximizing their salary cap really, really well. Uh, I think players are wanting to to come back. I mean you're seeing Willie Akio come back to mm-hmm. league with us, mm-hmm. Alejandro Diaz go to Vancouver FC uh, you're seeing a lot of quality players coming into the league. Manjikar James, a Canadian international. Daniel Henry, you know, was a yep. yep. you know, previous part of the Canadian national team coming into league. So I think now the quality's out there. I think the coverage we get, I think we're establishing ourselves as a really good tier one uh, domestic league. Um, I think it creates so many good opportunities for young players, as we've seen with the ones that we're signing and, and moving forward as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's turned into a really good league.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very good. Uh, and and you, you mentioned Willie Accio there. You got some business done since we last spoke. Uh, Eric Cobbs extended as well. How's yeah. William been fitting in? And then uh, maybe a thought on Cobbs' extension. He's been very well deserved. He's been uh, put together a great first half here.
1: Yeah, Willie was someone uh, we knew uh, back in 2018 and 2019 yep. with the Calgary Footills Group. Um, he went on had a really good NCAA career. You know, Valor picked him up, and then you know he was always a bit of a curse playing against us because he's got that just. Unbelievable pace. He's a sniper in front of the net, um, but his his work rate is is terrific. You know he's uh, he's had the year in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know manager doesn't really fancy him, and, and and was looking to to loan him out or move him on. And we swooped in, and fortunately agreed to come back home with us. Um, I think there's still a massive upside for him. He's going to be very very exciting for us. Uh, we're just getting him back to game fitness, uh, but he's fitting in great. You know he's a great character around the locker room. Got this big smile. There's a good mm-hmm. energy about him. But, yeah, we feel we've uh, we've clicked the upgrade button inside him. And in and young Eric Cobbs, uh, it's great. You know, that's a wonderful part of the job that I do, especially with the general manager's hat, is to see young players. He's come out of the University of Calgary. Yeah. Uh, they did a great job at him and playing him in different positions. So for us, he's Mr. Versatile because he can play in midfield. He can play at the back. Um, he's very good with the ball. He's an intelligent guy. You know, that shows his, 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 not only his football IQ, but his IQ as a person in general. Um, and he's earned the minutes, right? You know, doesn't matter if you sign a U Sports contract or you're our top earner. Once the uh, once the contract and the ink is dry, you know, we pick the best team to go out there, and he's showed up week mm. in week out, and uh, he's 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 got a lot of minutes, so uh, credit to him.
0: How's the uh, the health of the group right now? I know uh, Sean Sham came back. I believe Colin Montgomery yeah. was getting closer as well, and I know Merritt Meyer Bevan just missed this last yeah, one because nice. of suspension, but he, he'll yeah. be back here. But how's how's the health heading into uh, heading into Friday?
1: Do you know what? It's probably the fittest we've been. It's only Roberto Alicon that, uh, you know, a few weeks away from uh, returning because he had a grade two hamstring tear. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone else is is, uh, fit and available for selection. So, you know, Callum Montgomery is now chomping at the bit to try and get back in. But we've been in such a good run of form. Shamit Sholmes, you know, coming off the bench and adding, he's dying to play. So Mm -hmm. I think what what you're seeing is, is credit to our medical team, but also um, the guys now that are playing well in front of them you know, want to keep their place. So it's, it's just raised the, the, the tempo of the group.
0: Uh, talk to me a little bit about this. Uh, your opponent next uh, with Forge—they're coming on. A, they're coming in pretty hot here. Only one loss in their last five, right? Uh, last six matches, I should say. Uh, but this is a this is a team that I know. I know in this here in the stands and whatnot. I know this is a this is a game. Maybe it feels there's a little bit more uh, on the line here. I know you, you you won all opponents the same, but it feels like there's a little bit more into the game when it, when Forge come through, eh?
1: Yeah, of course there is. I mean. You look at it; it's dated back from year one, and I think these rivalries happen organically. But I mean, they're the three-time North Shield champion, yep. so they've taken what we felt, you know, was ours, but they've earned it. So we have to give them credit for it, and we have to be hungry enough to come in as a contender and and knock them off their perch. And I think uh, there's only one team that's done that so far, that's specific, But mm-hmm. you know, now there's two two titles on the line: there's the league title and there's the North Shield title. Yep. So you know, there's going to be another winner here this year, but like with any of them, you've got to go through Ford. So, you know, they do come to our house. I think, you know, it's it's an interesting place for them to play um, because our fans make it very, very hard mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it motivates our players to, uh, to rise to that challenge but love playing them. They're a terrific side. I think Bobby Smirniotis has done a great job in, in the game of yep. uh, Canada football. He's brought through some players. They're very organised. They play a good brand of football and they've got that healthy, you know, game management style, if you will, that mm-hmm. um, they know how to control a game. So, you, you want to play the best teams uh, if you if you want to become the best, and and right now that's they're the defending champions. So we got to overtake them, and uh, to do that on Friday in front of our fans would be terrific.
0: In, in the two earlier meetings, uh, they both end up in draws, but you know that you had leads late, uh, especially the one that was last here in Cal uh, in Calgary. You know, it was a de- right at the death that that forged tie. It. Uh, is there just maybe a little bit. Uh, I I don't know how to how to go about it, but is, is there something? Uh, that you can maybe apply different this time and go about a way just the end of game scenario against these guys or it's just, hey, if something happens, something happens.
1: Yeah, do you know what, And I think over the course of time, I remember again, year one, Nico Pasquati scored in stoppage time. Yeah. I think year two, Nathan Mavilla get the penalty scores in stoppage time. I think they've scored, you know, uh, Mickey Cantave last year mm-hmm. scored in mm-hmm. stoppage time. That was their turn. I think what you, you <laughs> see is you get two teams now that will play till from the first whistle to the 96 whistle. So, I think over in the course of time, there's only been one game out of probably what we're going 15, 16 now that has been decided by more than one goal. So I think it's uh, you know if you get two goals against them, phenomenal. Um, And I think that's uh, that's probably the only way we can guarantee that you know there's not going to be that late goal. So we've uh, we've got to make sure that we nullify any of their threats because they got a lot of them, and we've got to expose them because we've got quality going the other way. So uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: We're talking with Tommy Wielden, Jr., uh, head coach and general manager of Cavalry FC. Uh, his boys are getting ready to play Forge on Friday down at Spruce Meadows for a 7 o'clock kick. Uh, Women's World Cup. Uh, I know Canada was a little bit of a disappointment, obviously, getting, not getting out of the group stage. And I'm sure you know the distractions with the Federation didn't help matters, but uh, maybe a thought on, on Canada's uh, quick exit.
1: Well, it's interesting, because you saw today, Brazil, who also yeah. have a very good side. You know, yeah. tight 0-0 with Jamaica. It's... You know, World Cups are hard, tournaments are hard, because mm-hmm. sometimes you need that little bit of luck. You know, let's say, you know, I had Christine Sinclair scored that penalty in yep. the first game. They win 1-0, and then we're talking about, oh, two wins out of three. Yep. You know, they lost to the host because they're a terrific side. You get it. And the narrative changes. I think, yeah, we, we can talk about disagreements with the federation, but there's still players mm-hmm. there. There's still quality players there, sometimes in tournaments. And you look when Canada Women's won the Olympics won it on penalty shootout. You know, that's that's the biggest lottery going. So tournaments require a little bit of luck, yep. a little bit of fortunes. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I think this time they have been a bit unfortunate. I can't say whether the Federation stuff has really affected them. That's, you know, up to each and every one of the players and staff. They mm-hmm. they're there at a tournament and I'm sure their their emphasis was getting through to the next round. And sadly they didn't, but I don't think it's gonna destroy them because I think there's some good people uh, in that organization, that will uh, you know get get the, identify the right players for their next challenge.
0: Yeah, it, it is uh, it is a very good group uh, for sure. Uh, and Christine, obviously, this this probably is her last World Cup for Canada. We'll see what happens with uh, with them in the uh, Olympic qualifiers later in the fall with Jamaica. See if she goes to Paris next year to defend the gold. But uh, maybe just a thought on Christine and what she's meant to not only Canada soccer but just the whole game in general, especially the women's game.
1: Uh, I think the, the game in general, as you said, like mm-hmm. when the World Cup came through here in Canada, the Women's World Cup, you know, you've seen more Sinclair jerseys yep. than you did of any other of the, the, the male one. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, now the men's have got to the World Cup. You see a few more of the Alfonso Davies or Jonathan Davies or Kyle Larrens, yeah. but you've seen Sinclair jerseys everywhere. She's epitomized what Canada soccer's been about, and to go there and now be Olympic champion, what a great legacy. I mean, she played at six World Cups, so she's done everything in her power and more to grow the game in this country and I think even now she's trying to push as well for the Women's Professional League and I applaud her because she's been a trailblazer for this country uh, not just for the females I think for the males yep. there's a lot of respect for what she's done in the game and um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to meet with her and, and work on a camp and she's as humble as they come but her quality on the pitch has been exceptional and I'm sure she's inspired a lot for the next generation
0: Yeah, and I'm sure she will be involved in for sure in that, that next Women's Professional League that's uh, set to get underway here in the next couple of years or so, and just the women's game overall, like the tournament this year, seeing a lot more parity. You mentioned Brazil goes out. I know, know the Italian women aren't aren't maybe as up there as as the men maybe are, but they get ousted by South Africa, and you see South Africa and yeah. Jamaica go through this tournament. Feels like out of all like really since they've expanded it to twenty four, now they're at thirty two. But just feels like this is the most wide open tournament that they've had. That the U.S. It might not just be theirs always.
1: Yeah, and it's you know. Uh, Player and teams are cyclical, right? You've got to have a... You know, I always think in every team, you've got to have three A's. You've got to have your senior players that drive you on, give you experience. You've got to have your, your players in your prime from, you know, that you know 27 through to 23 type of bracket. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to have your young next generation that are coming through um, that can help carry the torch onward. So you move up in these three tiers. Uh, and I think may, maybe what you're seeing with, with, with Canada and the US right now is there's probably two groups out of the three. Yep. You know, so and, and and I can't say which ones they are, but I think you've, it's cyclical. But then you are seeing other groups coming through that are fresh, hungry, and you know, perhaps they've had their professional league, so they're getting more hardened and getting more savvy. And you know, and that's why these professional leagues are very, very important in every country because the game is growing, and there's access to it, right? You know, yeah. you're seeing things on on social media. You know, I got a 13 year old son that you know shows me things on TikTok and <laughs> you know, their Snapchat. So these kids are seeing things; they're getting fueled with it, and then. They've got to be able to see it to be it. And I think that's the biggest thing I can say for you know, running the Cavalry. I've seen so many young kids now that you're seeing a, a being inspired. So when a 17-year-old Michael Harms makes his debut, there's kids in the stands that have played against him, played with him, see him a year or two older. And then you're seeing and Tigney and Aaron Peppel, Victor LaTorre. People can now draw a straight line to success and go, well, they've done it. And they played for, in the CMSA. And then they played for Alberta Soccer. And then they played for the Cavalry. No, yeah, well, that's that's how pathways work.
0: No, and what you what you you've been a big part of it, and what all the all the grassroots guys are doing is it's been amazing to see how this game has grown just in the last less than ten years. Less than, I would say five years. How much this game's grown thanks to the CPL, and I'm uh, just uh, very excited for the next three years as we get closer and closer to the 2026 World Cup here.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think the game's still growing. I was having that chat with a, a fellow CPL coach and, uh, and one of the owners, and. A, I said, look, give it 10 years. You've got to give any new brand Mm -hmm. and it's been affected by a pandemic. But once the World Cup comes through these shores, you know, and the messy effect and the the ripples that come with it, this league will keep growing. And and that's all we can hope for this country. It's a hard country to to play in when you're traveling five hours in three different time zones. It's not like, you know, some of the smaller European ones where you can get around and be in the same time zone, but we're making it work. And I think with youth sports, with the League One and with CPL, we're now building our own we're pretty cool to be a part of, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it is certainly cool to watch from the side. And uh, I'm glad to be uh, a little bit of a part of it. Just watching you guys uh, every week uh, down at Spruce Meadows. and can't wait to see you guys on Friday. Thank you so much for doing this, Tommy. We'll, uh, we'll do this again soon for sure.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me on.